Welcome to a tech moment on Cannabis Tech. I'm your host, Christina Etter. In this podcast, we take just a few minutes to talk about some of the exciting science and technology that's impacting and transforming the cannabis and hemp industries. Scalability continues to plague the processes of cultivating, harvesting, and processing cannabis and hemp. What works well for small businesses just creates bottlenecks and safety hazards sometimes at a commercial level. Now, drying technology is one of those areas that continues to create problems for commercial cannabis and hemp cultivation facilities. And today, I'm absolutely thrilled to bring onto the show a trio of companies who have recently announced a partnership that's going to help alleviate some of those challenges critical in that process. Please welcome to our show. We have three companies today. First of all, we have Jim Ling, the director of sales that's with Kason. Lee Eilers, who is president of Marion Process Solutions. And we also have Jeff Walling, who is the owner of ABM Equipment, and Adam Dubose, who's the VP of Operations. So welcome to the show, everybody. But before we dive into the details of this partnership, I want to talk about each company individually and kind of explain to our listeners what it is that your company does. And, and that way we can kind of start to connect the dots how this partnership came together. Do you want to kick us off, Jim, with tell us a little bit about Kason? Yes, I'm uh, Jim Ling with Kason. Kason is a, a process equipment manufacturer that specializes in separation. Uh, since 1967, we've been um, manufacturing viber screens, center sifters. We're the top um, center sifter manufacturer in the world, fluid bed processors, and uh, some, uh, some grinding equipment. Uh, two Novembers ago, with uh, our new sister company, Marion Process Solutions, uh, we realized that, at least in the uh, drying industry, Marion had some unique solutions that we also shared. In batch systems, we found that uh, we might be able to work with our fluid bed processors in the hemp industry to uh, develop high-volume continuous processes that... Uh, Jeff and ABM have uh, have brought to the table for us. Lee, do you want to jump in here and tell us a little bit about Marion Process Solutions? Certainly, uh, Marion Process Solutions is an entity that focuses on mixers and blenders for vertical markets of food, plastics, chemicals, minerals, biomass. And uh, we are an 83 year young organization that has a lot of expertise around that mixing and blending space. Uh, we are very excited to have the privilege to partner with ABM and Kason to put our shoulder against this cannabis market and provide some phenomenal solutions uh, as we drive new technologies and uh, new opportunities in this very exciting space. Thank you. And Jeff, I'm gonna call you out over there at ABM Equipment. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about ABM and what it is that your company does? Absolutely. Uh, ABM Equipment Company is a design-build integrator. Uh, we started out 20-plus years ago as a sales rep organization. Uh, I've grown our business to provide uh, equipment service, installation, um, engineering, um, complete design-build processes, as well as a, a control house, uh, allowing us to uh, go into multiple industries and provide a solution from beginning to end 
as we like to say, from the field to the package. Um, along from field to package, we also have the ability to um, take care of that customer and provide the solution for a in, in good in-product result. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for sharing about your individual companies. Now, what really drew my attention was the press release that I received that talked about the partnership of all three of these companies coming together to start creating some solutions for the for drying cannabis and hemp. Now, at Cannabis Tech, we've covered multiple stories that talked about some safety hazards and some problems that cultivators and processors have seen in, in doing this process of drying the hemp. So do you want to talk about what was the actual motivation behind this partnership and how did Kason and Marion come together and what was the deciding factor that brought ABM into the picture as well? Yeah, I, I can go ahead and answer that. So um, Christina, again, thanks for, thanks for having all of us together to talk about this. Um, you know, uh, advanced material processing is an umbrella platform. Um, we're private equity backed. Uh, we were fortunate enough to bring Marion and Kason together over the last two years and in the course of that, we, you know, came to realize a, a pretty important partnership uh, with ABM and specifically their understanding um, and intimacy with customers and applications in the, in the uh, cannabis and hemp space. And that, you know, uh, as you'll hear about, Cason's developed with ABM a really interesting hemp drying system and related, driven by uh, Adam and, and Jeff and the ABM team, development of technology around related terpene extraction, which, you know, interestingly for, enough, for us, as we've learned, is that that kind of takes us from uh, harvest through to the point of extraction. And we're excited about the continued innovation and, and ideas that, that Jeff and Adam and the team bring from ABM and their experience and intimacy with these end customers to, uh, you know, even move further downstream into ex extraction once we've sort of solved for the drying and the, and the terpene extraction. So, it's just a very good uh, partnership um, between, you know, a couple of well-known established process equipment OEMs partnering up with a OEM system integrator like ABM to deliver value to, to their customers. Fabulous. So let's kind of get into that. And, and I want to talk about specifically what kinds of problems is, are, are you looking to resolve with this partnership and, and with the equipment and, and solutions that you are producing? And what are the challenges with the current drying systems? Now, I understand that we have a presentation that we're gonna pull up and you guys can kind of walk us through some of these answers and this tech solution. So let's go ahead and do that now. Uh, the, this presentation is going to highlight some of the uh, unique um, applications that we've uh, come up with in the last couple of years that um, fit really well into the hemp and cannabis platform. Uh, one of the larger ones that uh, we, are, we are really excited about is the caisson drying units, uh, the terpene extraction, ice hashing, and bud sorters. So next slide. So what you're looking at is this, this is a 3D modeled drawing of an actual system that is in the field. Uh, this is what we call our single stage drying system. And what we have found that has worked best in, in our presentations is the next slide, there's actually a video of uh, Adam DeBose uh, walking through this exact system um, that we'd like to present. And then we'll come back to this model to talk more about this model. This is Adam DeBose with ABM Equipment. We're at Hempstead in Berthoud, Colorado, and showing off their new drying system. This is the infeed 
starting of their system. The in-feed hopper, here's a leveling wear. They will keep the operators from overfeeding the product. The belt conveyor is needed at the beginning of the system because screw conveyors will clog with the, uh, with the strands that are in him in their stock. We have a magnet uh, before the shredder to protect the shredder and to remove any ferrous metals uh, that may have been picked up uh, accidentally from the field. Uh, this is a shredder feeding a screw conveyor. The inclined screw conveyor feeds the fluid bed dryer uh, and on both sides you can see the, vibrator, the vibrators that help agitate the product. Behind it here is the intake filter and then the blower system for the burner, which is, in this one, it's propane is the heat source. Normally it's natural gas, um, but that blows directly underneath the fluid bed. Combination of heat and vibration to the fluid bed gets a very homogenous blend, uh, especially with the shredded product and not whole plant. Uh, on the top, we have a discharge for the if there were any air, the hot air wouldn't be passing into the auger and causing bearing premature bearing failure. On the back side is where the thermal couples are to control the heat and prevent uh, excessive heat to the back house or excessive heat to the product. Um, then the product is discharged off the back after it's dried uh, to this incline screw conveyor that takes it up to the biomass separator that separates stocks and stem from good uh, leaf, leaf material and bud material. Um, on the long walls over here and outside of the wall is the back house, uh, high temperature back house, um, an exhaust fan that pulls a negative on the fluid bed dryer. Um, and then the fines that are collected off the fluid bed are also returned to the building and into the process. Here's an example of the fines out of the back house and how, how great they are. But you can still feel some moisture in there, but very dry material. So let's go back to the uh, the model drawing then, and I'll walk through, and I'd, I'd like to point out um, some features, functions, and benefits that you know make us different and better. So what we're looking at is a, a model drawing of a single-stage drying unit, and I'll explain the difference between a single and a two-stage drying unit, but our capacities up on the single stage will get us up to 1,000 pounds an hour. And in this industry, when we talk about rate, we talk about wet pounds per hour uh, from the field. And so the first component is our uh, feed conveyor, and it's a troughed belt feed conveyor. And the reason that we had um, decided that that is the, the right piece of equipment for the process is, is that it, it really changes by customer and farmer and or processor on how we receive the raw product. Uh, it can come to us either forged harvested, uh, chopped, it can come in a bale, it can be a whole plant, it can be top third, it could be a half cut. Um, it's one of the um, biggest lessons learned for our group when we said, hey, we can process hemp for you. Uh, the first plant we showed up to, it was completely different than the last plant. 
Um, it could be a three inch bush with a three inch stock to a eight foot tall plant with a one inch stock. Um, so by having a trough belt conveyor that allows us to take 100% of anything they bring to us and feed it into the system. Uh, the second component is, is that what that system feeds into is, is a shredder. And we have worked with about five different shredding companies to come up with a manufacturer that has the ability to get us a good particle size distribution. And what we're looking for is one inch minus. So we bring the product down from whole plant or just flower to one inch minus. Uh, that allows us to have a good uh, particle size distribution that allows that our, the efficiencies of our dryer to work much uh, better in the process. Um, so once we go up the trough belt, that, the sizing of that depends upon the rate in which they want to run their process. We go through the shredder. Uh, we then come out of the shredder and utilize a screw auger. And we will meter the feed into our dryer depending upon rate. And what I mean by that is that um, each dryer that we, if we're doing 800 pounds an hour, we're going to be actually be monitoring the dryer and our product temperature to increase or decrease the speed in which we're bringing the product into the dryer. And so once our system is balanced, uh, we are maintaining control of our feed rate, which is ultimately giving us the correct output on that dryer. Uh, we monitor that through our, our through photohelix on our, our air exhaust. We do it through exhaust temperature. We do it through product temperature, as well as by dwell time or burden depth of product inside that dryer. The unique thing about our dryer that sets us apart from the other dryers in the industry is our ability to have those controls in place at the same time we're utilizing mechanical vibration fluidizing air and temperature, allowing us to back mix product in that dryer. So we're using product to assist in the drying process, but we're also by fluidizing it, we're minimizing tunneling and allowing us to get a good drying uh, homogenized blend coming out the other side. Once we come out the other side of the primary dryer, it drops into another screw auger that then goes up to our centrosifter, uh, or we, we're out, in, out here we call it our biomass sifter. That is a, an integral part of our drying system, and, and we cannot successfully dry without that component. And the primary reason is, is that one of the things that we learned through this process is, is that drying wood is different than drying uh, leafy biomass. And so we focus on drying the actual, actual usable biomass, and then we utilize the, the custom centrosifter or biomass sifter to separate out the stock and stem from our end product. That way we are actually targeting uh, our product itself. We're reducing the amount of energy cost that we're putting into the system because we're not drying wood. And then we're also providing a good visual product that's not scorched, burnt, and our oil yields are as high as they can be coming out of that process. Something else we're doing on the dryer itself is that we're actually taking our exhaust air, and because we are using air to fluidize that product, as it dries, we will end up with um, our lighter product being exhausted over to the bag house. Uh, but we utilize high-efficiency filter it is actually capturing 99.5% at 2 microns. Is that correct, Adam? Yeah. And that allows us to recover that product, and we put it back into the process. 
And so we're minimizing our losses as well. And so we, we, we look at the overall process and, we, and we're really trying to tighten down where we might have losses at the same time conserving energy and coming up with a good visually pleasing product as well as um, allowing to have all of our cannabinoids and all the uh, essential oils that the customer is looking at as well. Great. Hey, before we get much further, though, let's uh, let's do talk about some of the current challenges that are out there today. So what kinds what I ultimately would like to do is to be able to show our listeners the, the problems that exist, the challenges that hemp, dry, or hemp farmers have seen. So let's talk a little bit about those challenges. I'll jump on this for, for a bit here. Uh, so the, some of the, the, the biggest problems we saw in the market and where ABM, Kason, and Marion came together was providing a, an entire system rather than just a single component and saying, here's a dryer. A lot of the farmers, you know, didn't understand process, didn't understand the other equipment needed to get it into the dryer and out of the dryer and get a uniform product that was good to, you know, for selling to the market or taking to extraction. Um, so the the to, to to your Christina's point, some of the the problem was just a fully integrated solution from harvest all the way through to prep for extraction. Um, and then as they as they looked at different dryers on the market, a lot of them were incredibly labor intensive, which is the you know as the as the the value of the product dropped the amount of amount of resources and energy that went into drawing it um, just came, became like cost prohibitive and so with with caseons unit and and this is a system it eliminated a lot of the the labor that it went into it, went into it and is the the most efficient uh, energy consumption as far as energy consumption goes for drawing uh, that's on the market so the other problems that were the different dryers that are on the market uh, had some inherent problems with their design from a homogenous blend at the end and throughout drying. So there's, um, touching on some of those, I mean, there's a, the rotary dryers um, are for high, high capacities. They were initially designed and built for the aggregate industry that you couldn't really burn, but as, as the product that comes out the other end of those, you end up with, with very brown and burnt product um, if you were trying to achieve a 10% you know, a, a moisture content uh, blended. Um, our, our system is unique in that we're only trying to get the leaves and buds to 10%. We're allowing the stalks and stems to remain at like up, you know, up around 20%. And then by separating it at the end, We've saved the energy of drying stalks that don't need to be dried, but then also not over drying the, you know, the desired leaves and buds. So allow me to play devil's advocate for just a moment. Um, I, I'm sure that there's people out there that are saying, well, why don't you just hang it dry? There's clearly some drawbacks to hang dry um, huge, massive crops like this. I mean, they, the farmers have to go from harvesting to dried in a matter of days that uh, you know that hang drying doesn't you know without the space is is really hard to achieve right thank you for that i just wanted to be able to make that correlation 
um, between the, the scalability issues. Obviously, small farmers have been hang drying plants for, for decades, and, and uh, I think it's just important to note that the old processes don't necessarily work that well when you start getting into these large, massive operations. So then the, the next thing that's kind of unique to our, our drawings, you know, the case on drawing system and the, the system is that it's mod, somewhat modular and that the, as the farmer, you know, grows his field and crop and plants more, we had the same equipment just to shift it down so that in the, in the model there, the drawing unit there is uh, only, you know, takes you to the thousand pounds an hour. And as the farmer needs more, we can add a second drain, uh, a second one of those units. It's very similar, but a higher BTU um, and higher drying capacity, and it's the flash dryer. Um, and then this exi the existing one is just shifted down the line. The flash dryer is added, and it, all it does is take off the initial 30%, 30 40% moisture, bring it from about 70 or 80% down to 40%. But the... What we, what we change in that process is the dwell time. We're, we're just trying to get surface moisture removed, and that passes, uh, rather than having a long controlled dwell time, it's a very short, and it happens very quickly. It's, it's in and out of that unit in a matter of, a, under a minute, typically. Again, it's, it's a system, and it's a process, so we just feed from that flash dryer into the secondary dryer. We reuse all the equipment that was originally purchased but can take a system that was doing a thousand pounds an hour and bring it up to eight thousand pounds an hour uh, as as the farmer grows. Fantastic. So yes, now that we have defined these challenges and we have talked about some of the problems that farmers run into, let's go back now to the presentation with ABM and continue talking about this solution and and the ultimate benefit for hemp and uh, hemp farmers and processors that are looking for better solutions for drying. Um, we've talked through the system. We, we let you know, you know, what makes our system uh, different from the others. Um, the ability for us to integrate, to have the control of the process, um, but also something that's really important that um, I think that needs to be said is that um, by providing the system on on the process and and having the understanding of the industry it's not something we that you know we just kind of fell into we being out here in the northwest i mean we started when marijuana was just starting to become legalized out here um we understand that once the cop crop is cut um you, you can't say oh let's we'll hold on a minute we need to wait we need to get this process right um, we put the manpower behind it, we have the resources behind it, and we have the proven systems out in the field. And so when we look at what's being done by our competitors out there, we have individuals selling individual components, um, and they think they will work, but then when it comes down to it, we have customers that have uh, lost a lot of money because their crop ends up sitting there and can't be processed. And so um, we, we take that um, very seriously and, and we understand what it means to these farmers as well as the processors. Um, and that's a little bit about what this slide is talking about as far as being cobbled together, uh, as far as, you know, buying a component and not knowing what's going on. Um, what, what I believe is really important for us to talk about in this process as well is that um, we have multiple different processors come to us with different asks. Um, 
It might be that they just want to take the crop from the field. They don't care about the quality of construction, but they do. They are concerned about the end result. You know, so that would be a mild steel construction process. And as long as I can take that product and get them to their, you know, 10% moisture shelf stable product, they're okay with that. Uh, it's becoming more popular for, um, and, and the requests are coming out, uh, probably 75% of them now are, are saying, we'd like to be a GMP facility, or we would like to at least be built to a food grade standard. And so they're already forward looking and already looking at where their product's gonna be going after it leaves their facility. So in the video that we had up above, that was one of those facilities that they understand that they're still dealing with an agricultural product but they wanted a transition after the shredder to go to a stainless steel product contact, food grade finish, and, and be able to advertise, you know, the good manufacturing practices that go along with their process. Uh, something that we're well versed with and as, as well as Marion and Quezon because of the other industries that we play in, we can very quickly and easily transition to that. Um, in regards to the percent moisture, um, the question has to be asked, you know, what, what are we doing with that end product? Are you going to supercritical CO2 extraction? Are you just looking at ethanol extraction? Are you a hydrocarbon? Um, that's why we have that range. Uh, the unique part about our system is our ability to dial in that range and get the customer the results that they're looking for. And that's just out of the control that we have in that system. I think it's really good to point out that that farmers and cultivators need to be making those decisions with their crop and and with how what they're going to do with that crop after harvest because there are different variables in there that's that's going to determine you know ex exactly where they need to be with that that particular harvest so i think it's a really great thing to point out that it, it's going to vary depending on how you want to you know how you're going to process that end end result absolutely i mean and, and it's 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 ironic, but, you know, four years ago, they were growing the crop and we were getting the phone call, what do I do with it? But now we do have the farmers that are, that they have the end target in sight. They know what they want to do and they want to make sure that they're processing to meet those standards. And so the industry has matured and people have made them their mistakes. And it is very important to understand what are, what, what is our goal and let's meet those expectations. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, footprint. Footprint is something that we also have a unique corner on the market with, and that is, is that, you know, you talk about drum dryers, belt dryers, large flat deck fluidizing dryers. Uh, they all take up an, a, a lot of floor space. Um, what we're doing in 90 feet with our total process sometimes is what our competitors are doing with just the dryer. And so we have the ability to fit in a much smaller footprint. Our energy costs are, are, are a lot less BTU per pound. And our quality in, in regards to in product and processing equipment itself uh, far exceeds what our competitors are doing on the market. So we have a lot of things to talk about. So this is the three points that basically we're saying that we have the three companies that, have, that provide the strength behind what has happened. Um, it goes without saying that both Marion and Quezon have invested heavily with ABM to come up with uh, a process that is efficient, that gives the end result that we're expecting. Um, and it took a, a lot of a trial and error for everybody involved.
So uh, what we came, what we ended up with was the ability to have the engineering background, the manufacturing, and the integration and the complete process. And and the customer wins in this one because now they have a, a lot behind what they're what we're providing out there in the field. Well, and I can tell you from my experience working with cannabis tech and the various companies and things that I've I've interviewed throughout my career with them. It's so refreshing, at least from my perspective, to see various companies that have been around for years, that have been creating solutions, maybe for the agricultural division or maybe for food processing, just different types of companies that now that we're, that we're starting to step away from prohibition, these companies that have decades of experience doing similar processes are finally able to kind of step into this industry and start to make some positive changes that are ultimately going to um, improve the situation for everybody from from cultivators and processors right down to the consumer you know it, it's going to eventually create um, better integrity and and more trustworthy products in the long run so i i'm thrilled to see companies like yours with years of experience getting involved awesome appreciate that something else and in that in the at the end of that video where i'm walking through that plant there's a a few seconds where we're showing off the, the product that came out of that our, out of our system it still has its color um, almost all the other i mean all the other ones on the market it comes out burnt i mean it comes out brown ours still looks just really really green so it's 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 pretty exciting seeing what's you know what's coming out of this system that was what we expected and why we kept kept going after it knowing there was a a goal in mind but here's here's an exciting one um, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, we, we talked about this earlier, but this is the, you know, where the rubber meets the road is the actual energy consumption per pound of, of biomass that's dried. So um, when you stack our unit up against all the other ones on the market, we're using the least amount of ener uh, energy to per pound of dried biomass. Um, that's across different rotary dryers are, are really common you see them out there uh, other there's another fluid bed um, manufacturer that's got kind of a hybrid that it, it seemed like a good idea until you look at the amount of energy needed um, and then there's the batch dryers that are incredibly labor intensive are, are from a from an energy standpoint are fairly fairly close but um, still you know significantly more more cost per pound dried if you look at the labor that went into it and then you know, you still don't have the green pro you know the green biomass at the end um and the, one of your topics is in talking points is just the labor that goes into labor and then safety of the employees um one of the facilities had almost 100 employees running around on forklifts uh, with pitchforks trying to keep it keep the product turned and eliminate the the over drying and under drying uh, that occur in a batch dryer. So on our process, you know, as a system, you've got somebody, you've got an operator feeding the system and then an operator dealing with the bulk bags on the other end. So very little labor, heavily automated to, to get the homogenous dried blend at the, you know, biomass at the end of the process. Uh, the biomass separator, um, it is, a redesign of an existing piece of equipment that Kason has been a leader in the industry forever on, on their center sifter itself. Uh, the primary uh, 
to solve the problem, we had to find a way to take large product, the stock and stem, and actually discharge it out the other end at much higher rates than what the equipment was designed to do. At the same time, um, come up with a much tighter tolerances inside that we would actually be able to uh, get the usable biomass and be able to push it through um, a perforated plate inside. Um, the end result was phenomenal. And this is part of what makes the system unique. And it is why we have something that no one else can offer. And our drying unit and its efficiencies and its ability for us, for us to, to make some of these claims has to go in conjunction with this biomass separator. Um, and there's no one else out there that can do what's going through this machine. Footprint smaller, all stainless steel product contact, no wearable items inside of it, no brushes, and separating stock from stem, stock and stem from usable biomass. And so it is, um, it, it is, it's a gold nugget in the industry, and it's going to become uh, one of those items that just about every processor will end up having, in my opinion. Right. It sounds like, you know, between the reduced labor and that and just how much easier your machine processes things, I just, I, I can imagine that uh, this kind of a solution is, is pretty much going to pay for itself, you know, relatively quickly. Am I right? You are, you're, you're very correct. And uh, we have facilities that um, have already uh, relayed back to us that we've reduced their overall cost uh, significantly and put more money in their pocket because you know they're, they're tolling and so it's price per pound and so when we reduce those energy costs the labor costs and provide a good premium product uh, their customers are excited and and as well as our customer at that point is excited so yeah absolutely and you know as as the the cannabis and hemp industries continue to grow those efficiencies are gonna become more and more important. I mean, obviously as, as things first started to boom and, and there was so much demand and, and so much um, hype around this industry, it, it's easy to overspend because it's, you know, you feel like it's gonna come back to you, but as things start to uh, start to slow down and start to add a little more of a competitive nature, I think this is critical for some processors to look at those ways that they can start reducing their, their labor costs and their equipment costs or their processing costs. I think this is uh, absolutely gonna be on the, on the top of everybody's mind here in the near future. I agree with that 100%. And, and even the processors are looking at it at this point. Like four years ago, 32 million BTU through your dryer wasn't a big deal uh, because they were getting uh, some extremely high returns on the end product. Uh, today, it's a really big deal. And to be able to go out there and say that we're going to provide you a system that can do the same at you know 7 million BTU is a big statement. And the fun part is, is that it, we're doing it. Right. And, you know, I think, too, it's also valuable to mention that we're, we're starting to see more and more energy regulations put on, on cannabis cultivation and, and processing facilities. And I think that's something that's going to increase. I think soon it's going to be the standard that people are going to be asked to, you know, keep their energy consumption below a certain level. So I think anything that, that kind of reduces their footprint in that uh, realm is also going to be beneficial, even in terms of you know state regulations and whatnot. Yep, yep. No, I, I would agree, and it, it's a good fit. 
and, and because the government agencies are pushing them that direction as well as, you know, they get some tax credits as well. So as we continue to work on the efficiencies, they're going to benefit as well. So, and we're always learning, so we'll come up with more. Next slide. Uh, bed sorter. So um, to back up a little bit, you talked about the farmer that wants to hang dry his crop. Um, and for smokable flour, for individuals that need that cure time, that need that appearance, um, hang drying is still going to be that offering. But when they take that hung dried product, they will take it to a trimming area where they're going to cut the flour and then they're going to want to size that flour. So this piece of equipment basically utilizes vibration, uh, multiple plates inside of it with different size holes. And as, that, as the, the product is dropping through from large to small, the, the uh, processor will have a sized flower that they now will have, you know, be able to sell to different dispensaries. And so this is a unit that um, has become fairly popular as the smokable flower industry continues to grow and the price per flower is going up. Definitely. You know, I, I spent a short time as a bud tender in Denver and I remember that was always our job. <laughs> was to separate out those, uh, you know, the, the buds on the shelves. So it's, it's interesting to me to see how some of these commercial solutions are, are gonna start making things easier for bigger producers. Well, the, the, the quantities just keep going up, right? And so, so eventually you have to look at what does it cost for labor and what, am, what are my returns on that flower? And so as we start looking at um, the industry and as it continues to grow, this is a great solution for them. There we go. Uh, ice hashing, uh, it's another one that's becoming more and more popular. Um, we are a piece to a puzzle. Uh, we're at the end of the process after the product has already been iced and the primary function of our equipment again is multiple screen decks and um, we are collecting the keef and or trichome at those different levels uh, of the process. Uh, it's actually something that uh, has been in the industry for quite some time and um, we are learning just, a much, just as much about where our equipment is uh, daily um, through that process. Uh, the one thing that we do find in the industry is, is that um, a lot of the equipment that's out there that was currently being used in this process was purchased used um, and they made it work for that process. Whereas now, since uh, we've all kind of come out, it's become more commercialized. We have the ability to show which components we should be providing and the right piece of equipment for the industry and provide a, a complete turnkey system for that process. Jim, do you have anything you want to say about ice hashing or did I kind of grab it? I think you covered that well because it really has uh, come from that evolution of uh, bringing these processes out of the dark back room uh, into the full light of day where we do things legally and, um, and people are able to have uh, discussions with us about the best ways that you produce uh, this material and uh, and they have the benefit of working uh, with the experts uh, to solve problems that they've had every day for many days and uh, we can get to the bottom of it. Fantastic. You know, what I'll say about this slide in particular is, uh, you know, kind of echoing what you said, I think it's, I, I think it's valuable for 
these older processes to get a, a second look and, and, and to have some of this new equipment, these things that are designed for food production, they're th these things that are designed for pharma production to come into the industry and help ensure that we're getting a quality product that is not contaminated, that is all processed using you know, high grade professional equipment. And I think that's something that the consumer themselves can actually you know, take heart in is that the products are improving and, and the products are improving because the technology behind the industry is improving. So I, I, I'm, I love to see these, what's considered kind of old school products getting a, a new tech upgrade. I think, I think it's important to, uh, to remember though that these are old processes in this industry. Uh, they're bringing on um, equipment and processes that are, that are proven in pharmaceutical industries and food industries that we're expert in and they can take full advantage of that now. Definitely. And that's something too that I think um, you know, there's there's a faction of the cannabis industry or there's a faction of the old school culture that doesn't like the commercial commercialization of this. But with legalization and with regulation, there's certain standards that have to be met. And I, I can't help but think back and giggle about the old Cheech and Chong um, skit where he talks about the, the weed that they have contains a little Labrador. <laughs> you know, and it, that's the last thing that we want is, is to have dog hair or, you know, anything else, any kind of contaminants, anything that was brought in from the field, any contaminants that were brought in um, on people's, you know, workers' hands, things like that. I think we need to think about those things. I know that maybe in the past in, in old school culture, they weren't necessarily focused on, on those kinds of things, but then you weren't producing massive, massive quantities of, these thing, of, of this product and having it pass through hundreds of hands by the time it gets to the shelf either. So um, I, you know, I, I think that this is just a natural evolution of, of creating an, a cannabis industry with a little integrity and science behind it. Christina, you bring up a great point too around the, the reliability of the product itself. You know, in the food world, um, if there's any contamination, that is a huge issue. And, you know, as, as the cannabis industry becomes mainstream across the United States, it's going to be treated in the same vein as, as regular food when it comes to the, uh, the sanitation requirements and the delivery of, of consistent product with no contaminants. And to get ahead of that, get in front of that uh, with this type of technology, uh, will create a competitive advantage for, for the entities that, that uh, pursue this type of technology. Absolutely. I, in fact, I would go as far as to say that those that don't risk their business, because I think eventually this is going to be part of the regulation. And so if you aren't getting ahead of the regulations that we have now, you're falling behind. TXM, uh, this is extremely exciting. Um, this is kind of a little bit of a tease. Uh, we are in the process of still um, getting it to the point of having it commercialized. Um, but what we're doing is we're actually taking a piece of equipment utilizing microwave uh, technology along with vacuum to extract terpenes from the flowers of either marijuana and or hemp. And what we're able to do is provide a solvent-free 
pure terpene that gives us a full profile is our end result and hopefully be able to, you know, have something that a customer could take to market. And part of what drives this is right now in the hemp industry, you'll get a, a thousand or excuse me, $10,000 per liter um, for hemp terpene, or you'll get $20,000 per liter for a marijuana terpenes. And to be able to be able to extract those and extract the full profile of those terpenes and be able to still uh, have that entourage effect could be a really big deal in this industry. And we're really close. And what we're showing here is that where you see trial number seven, that is an actual trial that has come off of our unit uh, compared to the pictures on the right, which are what are currently being extracted utilizing the older styles of uh, terpene collection. And so uh, we're really close to having something that's really going to kind of put the industry on its ear a little bit. So we're kind of excited about this slide. That is exciting. You know, we're so focused on things like cannabinoids and, and those kinds of things. I know terpenes are starting to get a little more attention, but I think as the research starts to uncover uh, a lot more than what we know today about the various compounds in here, I, I think terpenes are, are going to be absolutely huge for the cannabis market. and. And to be able to collect them, you know, like you said here, solvent-free and cleanly, I think that that's going to make um, a big difference for products in the future. Because I think terpenes are going to be a big, big part of of cannabis formulations and product formulations moving into the into the the next realm of cannabis retail. I, I agree 100%. I, I think that this opens a whole new market. Uh, um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I mean, to be able to manipulate a smokable product with a terpene profile off of an, another plant that has different genetics, it, it is where the industry is starting to look. And so it's kind of fun to be forward thinking and to be in front of this. So actually, so you're actually um, bypassing the, the typical chromatography, flash chromatography separation processes and, and doing this in a, in a completely different fashion. Is that how I'm kind of understanding this? Correct. So, what, utilizing chromatography, you're, you're doing it on the back end, correct? It's um, once you've already dried the product. So, here, here's here's something that has kind of uh, come to the surface within the industry in the last six months to a year, and that is that you have hemp processors who will actually take field stripped flour, and they will extract the terpene by boiling off the terpenes and collecting them. And then we will actually take that product, dry it, and then they will actually extract it for the oils for the CBD. And so we've created, or we, we're, we're going to get in front of a whole new revenue stream so that now the farmer can actually, or the processor can actually have two revenue streams off the same product. So when they're actually extracting those terpenes, they're not actually uh, impacting the oil yields off of that product. Interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. So this actually kind of segues really well into kind of my final closing question for this podcast. And that's, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about this TXM uh, technology. Are, are there more things that we can kind of anticipate coming from this strategic alignment between the three companies? And do you have more plans to expand your product lineup? 
We do, um, and, and it, that's part of the synergy and, and what's so unique about uh, the relationship between Marion, ABM, and Quezon. Uh, we are looking at low temperature drying for smokable flour, um, primarily because as you know, with marijuana in the flour, if we you know start hitting temperatures above 70 degrees, you start losing your terpene profiles, you're burning them off, you're releasing them. Um, we're also looking at uh, ways to dry low temperature and still maintain a good appearance or uh, a flower so that it actually can be um, sold in dispensaries. So 100%, we're very forward thinking, we're looking at different processes and we're taking our technologies and our uh, engineering abilities and coming up with new processes that make the products better and make the process more efficient. Um, because we all know it's growing. We all know that, you know, farmers are going to keep putting more product in the field. And as this becomes more and more legalized, uh, we're going to need to have more efficient ways to process. And so, absolutely, it's kind of an exciting time right now. And I think we're all having a lot of fun uh, getting there. I can definitely understand that. You know, it's, that's one of the things that I think I love about being in this industry the most is that, you know, truth be told, we're just getting started. You know, even though this industry has been kind of developing since, you know, California first legalized back in 1996, we're just kind of starting to build on the actual commercial applications for cannabis and hemp. And so I think it's just a very, very exciting time to be a part of the industry. Now, the last thing that I do want to touch base on, of course, for this podcast is how can our audience get in touch with you if they're interested in this or other cannabis or hemp solutions that you might offer? Um, well, obviously the website, but they can they can contact Marion or Caseon uh, and or ABM, and we will definitely reach back out to them and, and talk to them. Fantastic! Well, thank you everybody for joining us here today, and and going through these these new solutions and this new technology that's bound to make life easier for these commercial hemp processors and commercial cannabis processors that are dealing with these massive massive crops. And, and hopefully, you know, we, we continue to see innovations like this come into our industry and continue to make things better. 